Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Game day bright and early tomorrow morning. Legacy heating and air game day, 7 a.m. Let's see. We've got, uh, oh, just some names. And And Tim was scared that he wouldn't be able to book a guest because of the early time. Come on now. Former Notre Dame record breaking quarterback Jimmy Clausen will join us. And he'll be joined by Notre Dame's all-time career reception leader in Michael Floyd. So we got the two of them at the same time. That's not bad. Got uh, Joe Montana's favorite target, uh, Chris Haynes. Also got uh, Rocky Blyer and uh, Terry Hanratty. Uh, Terry, of course, the 1968 uh, Consensus All-American, Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, Rocky Blyer, of course, you know, former uh, Fighting Irish, also former Pittsburgh Steeler running back. We did okay. We did fine for the early week. Pour some coffee. Join us, 7 a.m., Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to talk with Christina Long from the Greenville News. She is uh, the beat reporter for all things Clemson sports. She knows all things Clemson. This is uh, what we had to talk about. Marcus Freeman called it uh, called it a unique season that Clemson is having this season. Uh, how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely unique. This is actually my first year covering Clemson, and it is definitely not what I was expecting uh, when I showed <laughs> up in March. So, no, I mean, it's definitely been been strange. Coach Sweeney has called it, you know, probably he, he feels like it's 2010 all over again, and 2010 was one of his early years when they went like 6-7, and seven, um, and he considers that kind of the last time he said the other day that they faced true football adversity, um, and he's feeling like, this is kind of a repeat of that 13 years ago. So it's definitely a strange, strange year that not a lot of us saw coming. What, what's been the main, what's been the main part for that? Like what, what's been the main cause for it? Like, is it, uh, just bad turnovers? Is it the defense maybe not being as talented offense, maybe not being as talented. What, what do you see as the uh, main reason being? The, the turnovers are certainly a huge part of it. Now, to hear Dan Sweeney talk about it, he says he said the other day, if we didn't lead the country in turnovers, we would be 8-0. Now, I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, <laughs> he said if we, if we didn't lead the country in fumbles, I'm sorry, we would be mm-hmm. 8-0. Now, they lost a game last week where they did not have any fumbles, um, and they were down 17 uh, in the second half. So I don't know that that's necessarily correct, but certainly, you know, they have – they're second in the country right now in lost fumbles with 10. Um, and so obviously that is not helping their case. They've had, 
games with multiple. They've had fumbles at the goal line um, that have gone back the other way for huge gains or touchdowns. Um, Klemich has not actually been terrible interception-wise. Um, he only had two in their first six games, but he's now had three in their last two games. So and I know Notre Dame is obviously a huge threat uh, interception-wise. So that's definitely something that I'm watching for. Um, so I think the turnovers are obviously a huge part. And Coach Lini has talked a lot about how it's not just that they are turning the ball over. It's that they are happening. They are catastrophic turnovers. You know, they are going for huge gains. They are going for touchdowns. They're giving up these turnovers, and then the defense isn't preventing them from scoring. Now, the defense has actually been really good, um, and the defense has kept them in games that the offense has had no business being in. Um and kept things close. So I do think that this could be a very defense-oriented game. Um, and I think the offense for Clemson has really kind of struggled. And I think there's there's been a lot of debate over the talent aspect um, because, you know, Klubnik was the top quarterback in his class, you know, a five-star, um, but he's a sophomore. And I think there's a lot of uh, questions about, is this just a youth thing? Is this just a, was this sort of an evaluation miss on their part? Is he going to have it next year? You know, there's a lot of discussion about that. There's also a lot of discussion about um, the receivers. Uh, they've been, they've gotten better over the year, um, but I think a big problem for them is they do not have a dominant go-to receiver that you know is going to play on Sundays like they've had for many, many years in the past. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something. They don't have a game-breaker at receiver. Um, the run game has struggled because the offensive line has struggled. Um and so you're not seeing the all-American year you expected to have from a running back like Will Shipley, who could be out this weekend. He's in concussion protocol. We don't know yet if he's going to play or not. I would speculate that he would not, but we do not know that. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, is still a really talented running back, but has not been able to put up the numbers they expected. So it's really a combination of factors. Um, I don't, it's definitely not the defense's fault. They're, they're doing everything they can. Um, but the offense has just really struggled, and the turnovers have been killer. Christina Long from the Greenville News. Uh, she's the beat reporter for Clemson, Clemson Everything, basically. Uh, joining me mm-hmm. on Leprechaun Lunch. Uh, yeah, we we know what it's like up here as, as far as not having a dominant receiver, at least as far as wide receivers go. Uh, yeah, n- like none of them have, have really kind of stepped up. Chris Tyree in the last couple of weeks has kind of taken – taking the ball a little bit, but it was, it was pulling teeth getting there. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So also the whole interception thing, that's kind of a new thing, you know, (laughs) Notre Dame's defense forcing turnovers, at least that only really started happening with the USC game. So, uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, it's been, you know, like the start of the year for us, it, it started out awesome, and then uh, it uh, you know, just kind of went kerflui for a little bit, and now it seems to have righted itself. So, um, special teams having a big part of that too. They've been special teams have been putting up a huge amount of points of late. So, um, yeah, and that's something Clemson's worried about because didn't last year they started Notre Dame started off the scoring with was it like a was it a blocked punt or a punt return or something on a punt, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I believe I believe it was the uh, the block punt. That yeah, was uh, so that was their forte <laughs> last year. So yeah, so yeah, this year it seems to be a punt return and kick return. So uh, we'll see what happens as far as Saturday goes. Of course, a a noon kickoff. Could they miss a bowl? It's possible. I 
still think they will make it um, because left on the schedule, obviously, is Notre Dame and then uh, Georgia Tech, UNC, and South Carolina. Georgia Tech, it seems like they are good for a weird win like every other week. Um, and I think based on that, uh, Clemson would line up on a Georgia Tech win week. Um, so, but, you know, I don't know. Like, obviously, they beat North Carolina, so you don't really know what you're going to get from Georgia Tech. Um, I think, you know, that's a game that they should win. Um, but they've lost games they should have won already, too. So um, it, it feels like nothing is guaranteed for them. But I do think, you know, they need two more wins. And I do think that with Georgia Tech and South Carolina, they've got they should have two there, you know. So I think they can get there. Um, but again, like I said, nothing is guaranteed. They they should not have lost to NC State. Um, and they did. So it's just it's just kind of a strange experience right now where you really can't count on it. Um, my prediction would be they get to the six wins they need, but um, anything could happen at this point. <laughs> Buckle up is basically what you're saying, huh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially with South Carolina, you know, struggling this year, they might not get to a bowl. Um, so coming into that last game, their entire job will just be let's mess this up for Clemson. So if Clemson comes yeah. in needing one more win to get to a bowl, South Carolina could spoil that. So I've definitely got my eye on that one in the very last week of the season. I'm just playing total spoiler. I love it when teams are able to do that, except, you know, of course, my teams and whatnot. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Christina Long from the Greenville News joining me on Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, can you believe it's basketball season already? No, it snuck up on me so fast. They played an exhibition last night, um, yeah. and yeah, I couldn't believe it was already time. I, I, I was I, like, it snuck up on me too. Like the regular season, you know, the games start counting anyway for for Notre Dame on Monday, and it's just like. Wait, we're we're still in football seat. What? Why? Why is this? Why is there basketball going on? Um, Clemson not exactly expected to do much as far as basketball goes, right? Um, I mean they they've got some pretty good guys. They've got their best guy in PJ Hall back, and they got a couple of good transfers. Um, a couple of grad transfers, one from NC State and Jack Clark, who um was a key part of their tournament team last year. And then the big headliner was Joe Girard from Syracuse, who's one of the best three point shooters in the league. Um, True. is with them now. So I mean I don't think they're going to win the conference, but right. um I do think I think they got picked to finish fifth. I think they could get third, fourth, maybe. Um, they've got a really tough non-conference, um, which I think they kind of did because having missed the tournament last year, they're kind of trying to build that resume because um, they really need to make the tournament this year for, for Brad Brownell to stick around longer, I think. So um, this is a, a telling year for them, and I think they've got the pieces that they need to have a good season and maybe make a tournament run. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of potential stumbling blocks there. Yeah, Notre Dame getting picked to be 15th out of 15 teams. <laughs> the pressure's off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> new coach in town, seven new guys on on the roster, too, out of the 11 spots that they have. They don't even have the full allotment of, uh, of scholarship players even. So, yeah, it's going to – I got a feeling it's, it's going to be one of those years here. Yeah, it's a rebuild, you know. It's a yeah. rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> but I know they'll meet uh, at some point, at least once. Did they play once or twice this year? Let me check. I think it's just the once. Um, I think so, too. In basketball. Yeah, late in the uh, season, March 2nd, it looks like. So, right. So yeah, I, I, I just struck me as, as just like, oh, 
basketball. Right. I have to start paying exactly, attention to that. Yeah. Uh, getting back to football real quick, of course. Uh, we've got we've talked about the bowl games. We've talked about just how just how crazy of a season this has been. Uh, you know, clearly not the not the season that you expected it to be. Um, is there something for the future as far as Clemson goes? Like, is is, is this kind of you know middling about you know kind of in you know mediocrity? Is this is this for the long haul or is this for just one season while they get some guys some experience? It's hard to say because they're a they're a fairly young team um, at some of the key positions, but I would say on defense. They've got, I mean, they've got some, some freshmen they're really excited about that have been playing. But as far as starters go, you know, they're, they've got some, some veteran guys. So it's not necessarily like you can say it's all a youth thing. Um, I think what will be really telling is what Dabo Sweeney does this offseason as far as does he finally kind of go against his sort of <laughs> – I guess maybe better judgment as far as he's concerned um, and actually start to work the transfer portal a little yeah. bit. Um, the only guy they brought in this past year famously was a third string quarterback. Um, <laughs> so that's the only transfer guy they brought in. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see if they kind of do some more portaling. I don't think you're going to suddenly see them bring in a huge transfer hall, right. um, but I think maybe he might start to see that he needs to add, you know, plug a couple of holes um, while he develops some of those younger guys that he is so high on, in his recruiting. Um, I think that'll definitely be a storyline to watch. And then also if they make any staff changes, um, that's something fans are definitely clamoring for uh, as far as some of the uh, position coaches, just kind of wanting to see some more experienced guys come in, um, especially with offensive line because they've struggled. Some people are clamoring for a new wide receivers coach because they feel like there's not enough development there. Um, So I think that'll be really telling what kind of moves Sweeney's willing to make um, this off season. And I think that, you know, things like that could change a lot next season or they might not. So I, I don't think that we're necessarily going to see a four and four Clemson team for the rest of time. Um, but I do think this is definitely a turning point and there are decisions to be made at the end of this year for sure. Does, uh, does that, does Dabo find himself on the hot seat at all, uh, going into next season? I would assume, you know, one year out of, out of, you know, all the, all the years of success, you know, he's kind of earned a year to just kind of, hey, this is a rebuild year, all that stuff, um, you know. But if a repeat performance of this year happens, you know, is the uh, is the hot seat all of a sudden a factor? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think he's on the hot seat in any real way right now. I right. think you know, you started to see some angst about you know the resistance to the transfer portal, the mm-hmm. coaching hires that are just former players. Um, and people perceive that as kind of a nepotism thing. And why are we not getting the best of the best position coaches and coordinators? Um, and so there is, there are some people starting to call that into question. Whereas before, I think that's been a point of pride of we do things differently here and we develop coaches and we develop players. And I think fans are starting to be, you know, as soon as it stops working, people turn on it. Right. So I, I don't think he's, you know, really in danger right now, obviously, but you know, another year, if they were to go, if they're, you know, fighting for bowl eligibility in the last month of the season in another year, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you then have to go into all the contract details and what it would take and That's all true. that. Um, but I don't necessarily think that he's quite at that level of risk right now. Um, and so we'll see kind of 
what happens there. But I do think he's he's just built up so much equity in this program and here and with this administration. Um, so I think it would it would take a lot to actually get him out the door. Yeah, that would be a huge buyout. Right. I don't know exactly the number, but I mean, he's making, he got paid $10.8 million last year, which is, I think, second in college football. So yeah. it's probably not small. <laughs> right, right. Is he uh, is he leaving tickets for Tyler from Spartanburg? <laughs> now that I, I do not know. I mean, he told him to never call again. So uh, I don't know that they're on speaking terms. But uh, no, that was that was a crazy thing this week. And he um, he made a bunch of quips about it uh, in his press conference on Tuesday after that kind of Monday night rant. And um, then he kind of he basically I mean, when he talked about it Tuesday, he just reiterated all the points he made in that call. He just he did not have any sort of, you know, I don't he did not feel bad about it at all. He did not, um, you know, he was not embarrassed at all about what happened. Um, and I think, yeah, he just kind of reiterated the points of, you know, nobody's happy with this result, but at the same time, like, you know, look at what we've done. So it's been, it's been an interesting week. That is for sure. And, uh, I hope old Tyler is, uh, having a great week. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm sure his uh, Twitter or X or whatever the hell you're calling it now. Uh, I'm sure his you know social media is blowing up at this point uh, with uh, somebody. I would assume. Um, oh yeah. Not exactly me per se, but you know, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Christina Long from the Greenville News. Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, where can people find your stuff if uh, if if they want to read up on Clemson? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on greenvilleonline.com is where all of our stories live. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at Christina with a CH long double zero. So you can find me online there. Um, and then greenvilleonline.com for all of our uh, Clemson Notre Dame coverage. Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time. Christina Long from the Greenville News, uh, the beat reporter from Clemson. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So there you go. Coming up. I've got two pages worth of picks. Which ones are actually good? There's the real question. Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 